What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Bright with Elise podcast. Today, I have one of my besties on the podcast. Her name is Leah, and um, she's here with me today. Hello, everybody. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of laughter today, so just get ready. But we met a couple months ago um, at the new church that John and I were going to, called New Church. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) Um, And we have kind of a funny like meat story. But I want to have her share a little bit about herself first and just kind of where she's at in life and what she's up to. So I asked Elise what I needed to say for my intro and she gave me no bullet (laughs) points. So quick rundown of myself. My name's Leah, as Alicia said. I've lived in Winston-Salem for going on three years as of the 18th of August which I don't know when this is going to be let out, but (laughs) let out, released. Um, I was born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. I have one of eight siblings, so Elise and I connect on that, big families. Um, I'm the communications director at the church that we go to, which is called New Church. Um, And I have two dogs, and they are my little squishes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's a little bit about me. Leah does everything for everybody. She's one of those people that has her hands in a lot of things. She has her, she's involved in a lot of things and does a lot of like marketing for a company here or social media for a company there. She has like 15 social media accounts on her Instagram because she kills it every time. So, um, yeah, I'm really grateful for her in, in my life so far. So it was kind of funny how we met. So let me you tell, tell the story. Let me tell the story. There's two sides to every story. There's especially two sides to this story. So I am at church, minding my own business, doing my thing. And if you know me at church on Sunday mornings, I am running around like a crazy lady. I have like 15,000 jobs going on. So I'm sitting at the first time guest area table. I'm sitting, I'm like greeting first time guests, people, people are going in and out of the church, whatever. This is at the end of service, minding my own dang business. And this girl (laughs) comes literally running up. I wish this was like a video so you guys could see it. Literally comes running up to the table and smacks the table (laughs) so loud, so loud and says, Christy Southern says we need to be best friends, which that was a lot. So I'm like, okay, hi, hello, my name's Leah. <laughs> Who the heck are you? So she was like, I'm Elise Griffin. Christy Southern said we need to be best friends. So I wanted to come introduce myself. And then we chit-chatted, whatever. We talked about working out. Talked about working out, connected on a few things. And I was like, cool, here's my phone. Put your number in. Like, total high school musical scene, if you know. <laughs> and she puts her phone in, and I text her. And I'm like, hey, it's Leah. Let's be besties. Mind you, <laughs> she's the one that came up to me and was like, hey, let's be besties, whatever. So I text her and I hear nothing from her for a week, which was quite the jab at my pride because Leah does not get <laughs> ghosted. Like Leah is the one that doesn't respond. Leah always gets responded to. Sounds so like this, you're uh, kind of uh, feeling some type of way about okay, this. Okay, so do we need to fight? <laughs> so this girl leaves me on red for like a whole week. Doesn't say a word to me, whatever. I kind of forget who she is, TBH. (laughs) So then the next Sunday at church, she's like serving, you know, whatever. And I'm like, hey, cool. Thanks for texting me back. And then she texts me back while we're at church. Anyways, bloop, fast forward. I think it was like that Friday we hung out for the first time. We went on our first date and we talked for hours, realized we had a lot of things in common, families, church, belief, seasons of life, all the things. And then... The rest is history. <laughs> the rest is, so here we are. So that was like 
the past three months, really, it really has not been that long, even though we've crammed a lot of good, good times into those three months. So we've kind of realized since becoming friends that there's a large gap of good friendships that needs to be filled. Like I realized that there's a, a lot, I have a lot of friends. Most of them are long distance. That's why my first year living back in Winston-Salem was honestly kind of rough. Um, and people who don't have good friends probably super realize how important friendship is, especially biblical friendship. And that's what I really noticed about Leah was she was like the biblical friend that I've been looking for in Winston-Salem. Um, our conversations started with like, Hey, what are you convicted by? Um, what do you like? We would have a conversation about some something happening in the world and it would be like, what are your thoughts on this? And it was like such a connection point because she like really stood out as someone who actually follows Jesus. And I think that's so rare in new friendships because it's mostly to please the other person, um, which is like a huge deal for me when we met. So that's kind of like, it's, it's, it started a lot of conversations for us on, hey, maybe this is like something that we can share and, you know, in a brief podcast episode or even just like in our community about what good friendship can look like, should look like. Um, I mean, we're super learning. Obviously, we just became yeah. friends. So there's a lot of like huge learning curve there. But we realized like this is something that we want to dig into. And I remember, I just remember this. We used to pray at the beginning of our friendship, like, um, Lord, help us be a good steward of this because we were recognizing like how much of a gift it is. So um, part of that, I think, is like recognizing what makes up some of our friendship and then also what we still really need to work on yeah. in some of our friendship. Um, so that's kind of why we want to record the episode. And I know that like we're baby friends. We're also pretty young, but friendship spans across all phases of life. I mean, I have friends that are 70, 75, 80. I also have friends that are 10, you know, yeah. and there's, um, in any stage of life you're at, you need friends. You need friends in different seasons. You need friends in the same season. So that's kind of why we're doing this episode today. Um, yeah. Any thoughts? Yeah. I think it's add? cool too. Like some of the things that we're going to talk about in the next 20, 30 minutes are things that we are currently learning, experiencing, being yeah. corrected on, having to challenge each other with like even last night, 12 hours ago, <laughs> like hard conversations, honesty, pushing people, pushing each other to Jesus. So, um, when we talked about doing a podcast together, it was like very clear that we needed to tackle the conversation of friendship and to like realizing the importance of friendship in the church, like the yeah. big C church. You think about, especially for someone who works for a church, like I push community so much because it's one thing to like go and attend church. It's another thing to like have good biblical community outside of a church mm -hmm. and like people that are cheering you on, but also challenging you. And a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today is really key in having those like biblical community and friends. So, um, yeah. Hope you pick something up. Hope you learn from it. But we're going to start with just three concepts that we think are super essential in friendship. Obviously, we're still like learning this. So we are super trying to figure this one out as well. But the first one is good communication. Well, how much can you put in that? Like there's so much that goes into yeah. that. Um, but the first thing that we really like thought about is when we were thinking about this is how it's so important to approach a friendship believing the best in each other. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's something I've observed about our friendship and really any like the things we're talking about today can apply to a lot of relationships in general. Like I'm not married, but this a lot of this can be applied to spouse can be applied to like yeah. work relationships, siblings, parents. A lot of these relational concepts can be applicable and can be applied to like any relationship. But in the context of friendship, there's been like so many times with Elise and I that we've had either conversations or a situation happen where there's been times where we haven't believed the best and we're like, why did you do this? And we immediately think like they did it to hurt us. But the most fruitful conversations have been the one where before we even go into it, I'm choosing to believe that Elise has my best interest at heart and our best interest at heart. Um, and I think that's, it's difficult to have healthy and effective conversations when you go into it already arms crossed thinking yeah. like Elise is out to get me or Elise doesn't have my best interests at heart. Um, even thinking about that in like work conversations. Yeah, like, that's what's convicting me right dude, now. Dude, it's so like, it's uh. so ineffective to try to go into these conversations already with the posture of like, what do you want to say to me? Or like, what are you going to, you know, what are you going to come at me for? Yeah. Versus like, I know and trust now, especially like after choosing to believe over and over again, that when Elise approaches me about, Hey, you know, you said something like this and it kind of made me feel a weird way. Um, is because she's saying this because she like wants what's best for mm -hmm. me and also for our friendship. Mm -hmm. And when you go into a conversation with that, it like shifts the whole conversation and also like affects the effectiveness of the conversation. Yeah. It also like, it, that's essentially the intentions question right. of like, okay, I'm going and believing the best, but also I'm going to ask like what your intentions were. And that's going to build that like trust of me being able to like believe the best the next time we have this yeah. too, which I think is really important. And that's effective in your marriage and work relationships yeah. and your family relationships. Like, and it's very difficult to do because our emotions most of the time tell us the opposite. Right. Like they almost always say, and maybe it's somewhat like our sinful nature. I mean, I'm sure it is. And the devil as well, but like are trying to tell us that it's not the best. Yeah. That, you know, they don't have the best for you. Um, yeah. And sometimes like also being honest when I'm like, Hey, I actually didn't have your best interest at heart when I was doing yeah. this and I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's what you said is like believing the apologies too, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, we're two sinners, like <laughs> in any dynamic, any relationship dynamic work spouse, friends, siblings, it's two centers trying to figure this out. Right. Yeah. So approaching any conversation with that understanding of like, we're two centers trying to figure this out. So one of the favorite, one of my favorite things that we do, <laughs> we've titled it, we've labeled it. It's kind of like it's this branded. Do not copy. Yeah. It's Just kidding. This, you can. It's this cute little joke. And we oftentimes say it like this observation hour. <laughs> Question mark. Um, and this typically will happen in like a car ride or we're like driving a road trip or we're just like hanging out on a Saturday and Elise, can you explain to us what observation hour is? Yeah. It's essentially like a space that we create a gentle, like kind space that we just observe, just like make observations about the other person. I think this happened when we were on like our first longer car ride Yeah, and it just kind of like naturally came up. And we just started making observations about each other. And it was like one of the most helpful things that I had received in our friendship so far um, because it was just like she was making observations about my life, where I was, um, my relationship with the Lord, like just started sharing about some dynamics like, hey, it seems like when you do this, you get kind of defensive. Like, is there a reason for that? And just really gently like, 
nudging. And it's created like this really cool space where we basically invite getting called out by each other in a, in a very, very safe space. Um, and it's been like super effective, like super effective. Um, I don't know if you have an example that you're thinking. Yeah. So another big part of this though, is we always ask the other person's permission before we like go in. So I think that's just like a way to respect because sometimes there's been times release has been like, Hey, like I have an observation. Can we, you know, queue up observation hour. <laughs> and I'm very honest. And I'm like, I am not in a good headspace right now to receive things that you're saying, whether it be just like spend a heavy day or I'm just not like in a super, like super humble position. Mm-hmm. I'll just be like, mm, can we try this tomorrow? And she like respects it. So there's times where it's like, Hey, I made this observation. I would love to share it. And I'll say, can we try this tomorrow? Cause I'm just not in a good headspace or I'm really tired or my emotions are like very on my sleeve right now. And so, um, I think, I think what's cool about observation is it's always like going back to the best interest. I'm always observing it because I want to like push you to grow. And we're going to talk about that in a second, but it's never like, Hey, Elise, I've observed this about you and like, you need to, you know, it's always together for me. Yeah. 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 Even something Elise said the other day, I think this is yesterday where you were like, Hey, like making a quick observation. I feel like this situation going on has really affected your relationship with Jesus the past week. And I haven't seen you engaging with the word a lot. And it was like a really cool time for me to be like, dang, you're right. You know? Cause I think sometimes we don't see a lot of things going mm-hmm. on in our life or like a lot of like daily habits or patterns. Cause we're so close to it. So That's people good. that are like are really up in our space, like our spouses or our best friends or roommates, whatever, they're able to see parts of our life that we may not see because of our pride or because yeah. of our busyness. And so when you said that to me, I was like, dang, you're right. Like this, you know, this thing that I'm processing has taken me away from Jesus. And so it pushed me to want to go read my Bible for an hour last night before bed. Right. And all of that kind of came from Alicia saying like, Hey, can I make an observation about you? So, but it's cool. Cause there was a safe, there's been like a trust bank that's built. Yeah. So like a person I just met that's saying that I'd be like, okay, you don't know who you are. Can you please leave? Yeah. But with Leah, you know, I trust her. I trust her words. I'll, 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 I will obviously filter them through the Holy spirit and yeah. scripture, but like I'll receive them, you know? And I think that's really important that you were like open to receiving that. I was thinking about one, an example. Um, and she was like, I think Leah said one time, she was like, you, it seems like you're kind of sensitive to things sometimes. And I was like super triggered by it. And then I realized that like that word is really like the thing that turns me off to that concept, but that it's pretty true. Um, and it was cool. Cause like I had never noticed that or I hadn't noticed that recently. And she was able to like walk with me through that, digest that a little bit, learn like how I can receive information well, receive feedback well. And it was just like very powerful, but that would not have happened unless yeah. she had observed that in this like little space we create this pocket, this hour. It's not an hour. It's more like 15 minutes. Actually, sometimes it's like three sometimes hours. Sometimes it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I was actually at a work, like a work leadership conversation a couple of days ago at a staff retreat. And and he even said something, a great way to like bring up conflict is within a relationship or in work or maybe some tension going on is to just say like, Hey, can I make an observation about this? And what it does too, is it gives the other person an opportunity to speak into that. So I can say, Hey, Elise, I've observed this about you. And by saying that I'm not accusing you of saying you are this way or your life has looked this way. It's just saying like, as an outsider, I've observed this about you. Like, can we have a conversation about it? And so it gives you the chance to say like, 
hey, actually, yeah, I haven't been spending a lot of time in the word this week and here's why. And then it gives us a whole conversation about maybe how can we, you know, get you back into that. Or if it's like, actually, no, you might be just be like observing wrong, which is also Mm -hmm. totally fine, you know? So I think making the approach of like, hey, can I make an observation is a cool way to not like be attacking or accusing, um, which can very easily happen Mm -hmm. in conversations with, again, two sinners. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I think another piece of this communication comes when it happens, what, um, <laughs> is about hard conversations yeah, and having hard conversations with each other. I think when I reflect on the friendships that I've had, the most fruitful, fruitful ones have a lot of hard conversations yeah. involved. I, I love, <laughs> I live for hard conversations. You want to be Leah's friend? I put your arm on. <laughs> that's like a joke that Elise and I have. I freaking love communication. I love having conversations about the littlest things. I'm like, do we need to talk about this? <laughs> Please, can we right now? Are you ready? Um, so I think some people tend to hold on to things. Like they'll they'll hold on to things over and over and over again. And then like once a month, they'll have like one big, really hard conversation that often yeah. ends in a disaster or it's just like this month of buildup. I like to take the approach of like just constantly being in communication. I think that's personally more effective. I think it's more like fruitful in a friendship. And so that's something that Elise and I have kind of like gotten in a habit of in our friendship is just rather than, you know, once a month being like, man, here's all the ways that you pissed me off this month or here's all the ways that you've hurt me or here's all the way that, you know, you've let me down as a friend. Not that that we have like these big things, (laughs) but rather than that, it's like, Hey, um, you know, you said this yesterday. I've been thinking about it. Yeah. Can you tell me your intentions of saying or that? Or like this or... joke isn't funny to me. Can you yeah. please not share it? That's a big one. That's a big one. <laughs> but it's good because it's like people stay super offended because they don't share. They don't share the little things. They don't share like, hey, this actually really made me doubt and like lose trust in you. Um, and that's like, again, this is mostly just a relationship in general. Yeah. Um, and there's discernment on like, with each relationship, whether boss or spouse or partner or whatever, um, like how to go about it. Um, but there's like such goodness in just like engaging. And this is something I think my dad used to say this a lot. He called him, he calls them short accounts, like keeping short accounts with people. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to be in debt in this friendship. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to just explode and have like six years of something that I'm just really frustrated with you about. I'm going to commit to like communicating with you when I have something to share that's like hindering my love or like actually seeking your good when it's hindering that I'm going to have the conversation. Yeah. And that's hard. Like it's hard to do. Yeah. I'm even thinking about like personally how many friendships I've lost, you know, in my 24 years of life just because of like unwillingness to have hard conversations. Like I'm thinking about girls that I, you know, was friends with in college that they would just annoy me to a certain point where I was like, I literally don't care. And I would just yeah, drop the friendship. And there's been like times where even like just now it just hit me where I'm thinking about these friendships. I'm like, man, had I had a couple of hard conversations with them, they probably would be in my back pocket right now, you Mm -hmm. know, or like friends that I have on Instagram. I'm like, dang, if I would have just had a hard conversation with them or a couple of hard conversations and been committed to that friendship, I probably would still be friends with them, right? And that's something that I've said from the beginning of our friendship, Elise, is that if it's something worth fighting for, friendship, marriage, 
coworker, parent to sibling, if the relationship is worth fighting for, you have to be committed to having hard conversations. And that's been something that's been cool with you and I is that from an outsider looking in, like I've, I've made that joke. Like if someone were to like sit in on our car ride conversations, they'd probably, I, I feel like God sometimes laughs at us. Like, why, why are you guys talking about this? But like, it's been so effective in that, like, I think our friendship has been super fruitful and life giving because of our commitment to like having Mm -hmm. these, you know, hard conversations of like, Hey, this joke is not funny to me. And I'm a little bit embarrassed that I'm having to say that, but that's a sensitive topic. And here's why can we like moving forward? Can we not make jokes about this? And like that happened very early on in our friendship about something that Mm -hmm. I am now very, very, very aware of. And so had I not known that I probably would have kept making that joke, not knowing that it's actually something that like hits deep, you know? Which the thing about it is like, sometimes a lot of times the hard conversation, if you're offended by it and it's not an obvious offense, like that is on you to go bring that to the other person. And sometimes that's really vulnerable. Yeah. Like it's, it's very vulnerable to say, Hey, this specific joke like really hit something with me. And I'm, I'm just asking you to not like, that's a vulnerable spot to be in, but that's like, actually one of the most protective measures in my opinion to like care for that, you know, and it's hard. It's vulnerable. Um, I think also a practical way to do that is by asking questions. Like again, back to the intention piece, like, Hey, you said this joke. Can you just please like explain what you meant by it? Or, Hey, when you said this in like more of a serious conversation, it really hit me the wrong way. Um, what were, you know, what, what did you mean by this? Yeah. And it kind of helps like clear things up sometimes. Yeah. I look at hard conversations too. And I don't think this is on our like to-do list to tackle today, but, and Elise makes fun of me all this time, all the time. I always say, this is like one really practical way I can love and serve you. So if I know that this joke's not funny to you, even though the joke might be funny to me, or even though it might be like a very easy joke for me to make very regularly, like if that's an opportunity for me to love and serve you is to not make that joke, then I literally will never make that joke again, you know? So I think too, like on the line of jokes and sensitivity and whatever, it's easy to look at that like, okay, well that's dumb, but it's not. If this is something that actually hurts, you know, your friend's feelings, it's worth like protecting because they're worth like serving and loving. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last thing that like we want to talk about in the communication world is being able to communicate. I feel like I should not be saying this because I'm not good at this. (laughs) I'm learning. Um, But being able to communicate what you need and even like what you want in times. Um, One of the, which this actually came out of a Bible study that we did with Christy, Christy Southern, who we talked about in the very beginning. If you're listening to this, we love you. Um, (laughs) But one of the questions we were in this like Bible study with her on Mondays and we I don't know, very early on, we found this list of questions that was like about communication in the, in like the context of like Christians relationships, like friends, church, you know, um, marriage, coworkers, whatever. And one of the questions was, what do you need today? Yeah. And we went around a circle and we were like, man, if I were to ask Elise that, like, what do you need today? What would she say? Or if she were to ask me, what would I say? And that's been a question that we've kind of carried on into our friendship and to very daily rhythms, whether it's like a really hard day where I'm just like not in a good space or I've had a hard day at work or I've had a lot of hard conversations or whatever. Um, Elise is very quick to just say like, Hey, what do you need right now? Um, and I think the really helpful thing about this question is it gives us very clear ways of how we can love and serve the other. Mm. Um, and so we ask it like, even yesterday, like I had a really like just weird day yesterday. I was super in my head 
And very early on in the day, Elise was like, I'm just trying to figure out what you need right now. So I think this is like a very helpful thing, Mm -hmm. a very helpful tool that we've had in our friendship too, as we talk about like ways to love and serve each other. Um, Yeah. I think like on that, sometimes it's hard because what the other person needs is maybe not natural to you. So for example, I remember one time we were, I think we were walking. I think it was at the Greenway. We were on a walk. And I'm like, oh, I'm just an external processor, guys. Like, it's a whole thing. I can't process things in my head. I can. I do. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. I was like, I, we were on this walk, and Leah was, like, thinking about something, processing something. And I was like, okay, well, what about this? And I was just, like, kind of hammering her with questions. And she turned, and very kindly, she was like, sometimes you ask for things that I cannot deliver on yet. <laughs> she was like, I just need some time to process this in my head. And I was like, okay. And that was a really helpful, it was like kind and not aggressive. And it, but it helped me know like, hey, sometimes when she's processing some of this stuff, like she doesn't need to talk it out like I would. It's very natural for me to want to talk it out with somebody. Um, My poor people that are super close, they get all my thoughts all the time. But other people don't need that. They need space. I mean, even um, my husband, he needs more space to process. Yeah. And that's unnatural for me. But it's an easy, tangible thing that I can do for him, for you to like just, okay, maybe it's, let's just keep walking, you know, like let's, let's do something fun together. Let's whatever. Um, and that might be the thing that serves you best in yeah. that moment. Yeah. Cause I think you like, let's, let's just put it in the context of like a hard day. Elise has a hard day. What does <laughs> she need? She needs like fun, like my go-to thing with her is like, all right, cool. I'm going to pick you up. We're going to go on a car ride. We listen to our playlist, have fun, listen to all this like fun music, go to dinner, blah, 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 blah. And then maybe at like the end of a really fun night, it's like, okay, can we talk about your hard day? <laughs> right. And that's what she needs. That's what like loves and serves her really well. Enneagram seven. I am the opposite. I'm like really hard day. Yeah. I probably could benefit with being with you, but like last night, just sit on the couch with me and maybe just chill for a couple hours. <laughs> Let me just think, talk if I want to, you know, and then what ends up happening is as I've processed internally when I'm ready and, and she's gotten really good at that when, she, when I'm ready to share, it's like, okay, here are my thoughts, you know? And so I think it would be easy for you to think that I just need to be like bombarded with questions and blah, blah, blah. Let's process right now. And you've learned through just being honest with each other that like, that's not typically what I need, you yeah. know? But you would have never known that yeah. had you not asked, like, what do you need right now? Or had you not shared, yeah. hey, this is what I need right now. Yeah. It's, I think it's that's the two-way the two way street. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we're going to move on to the second thing. That was all one. <laughs> that was all communication. All right, the second thing is the most important. We're about to go off. <laughs> we are. We're, cha- we're shifting our posture right now. Um. It's pushing each other to be like Christ. Ugh. <laughs> Okay, let me start. I am okay. So Lisa and I have been friends for like three months. I'm about to like super hype her up. Oh, I am more like Jesus today than I have been in 24 years of my life because of my friendship with Elise. She's getting very awkward, very uncomfy. <laughs> I seriously, I look more like Jesus today, and I'm not saying this to like hype myself up, but I. And more like Jesus, I'm able, I read my Bible more than I ever have. I pray more than I ever have. I'm like more excited to serve than I ever have because of getting to do life and because of my friendship with you over the past, or oh, what are we going on, like month four or something. Um, 
So this is a really big piece of our friendship too from very early on. I don't even know how it happened, dude. I think we were like Marco Poloing and I read something in my quiet time that morning and I was like, dude, by the way, I just read this in the Bible. What do you think on it? I think it was a question about like predestination, dude. That's what it was, which we're not going to get into that. Um, so what do you think about predestination? Dude, that's just, what it was. At like seven in the morning, I had just gotten done reading something in John and I was like, I need to ask some of my people about this question. And so I texted you at like seven in the morning and I remember you responded like, what a question to wake up to. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, what are your thoughts? I need to know. And so we just started this like conversation about talking about Jesus, talking about what we read in that, like that day in our quiet time. And it was very early on this, like very daily routine that we had created of just sharing like what we had learned in our quiet time. And it opened up so much space to just talk about Jesus, talk about his word, yeah. talk about things that we're learning and processing a lot of us, like a lot of space to ask questions of like, Hey, I read this. I don't know what this means. What are your thoughts? Yeah. And we were just like, at that time, especially very early on, like I said, I would say like 70% of our daily communication was about Jesus and his word yeah. and it's progressed. Um, <laughs> and so then it turned into like us actually, we kind of created this like daily habit of going to the gym together in the morning and then going to Starbucks and having our quiet time. So then it turned into like us reading scripture together and like engaging and doing yeah. studies together. Right now we're reading through James, which has been really cool. So Mm, okay. I just went on a tangent. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just think like that's, I think a key, um, key indicator of a friendship that will hopefully be successful. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but it's just like the day one, it was, I remember sharing something that I was like convicted about and it was very odd. This, for some reason, this sticks out to me with this, um, side of friendship, I was like, Hey, I feel convicted about this. I don't even remember what it was. And you're like, all right, cool. What can I do to help you here? Mm. And I was like, what the heck? You know, cause sometimes it's, it's easy to be like, that's interesting or like weird conviction. Um, but it was very like, all right, let's do this. If this is what obedience is for you, like I'm going to do this with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it turned into this, like, okay, we're in this together. Um, this like iron sharpens iron to go to the Proverbs of like, hey, we're, we're gonna do this together and we're gonna sharpen each other and we're gonna like basically be warriors in the kingdom of God on earth. <laughs> yeah. We're hype right now. Um, go ahead. Well, I, I think that's like the obedience and the accountability part has been a huge, like if I could sum up our friendship in one word or I guess two words, it would be the obedience and yeah. accountability part of like, and I think it's cool because I'm, I'm thinking about like friendships in my life and I'm thinking about how so often it's so easy to get in this trap with friends of just wanting to like experience all the good and like it's so easy to just get caught up in sin together. It's easy to like get mm -hmm. your priorities out of line. It's so common in friendships to just like get caught up in the sin because you don't realize it or you don't recognize it or and our friendship has been the exact opposite of like super being aware of what does obedience looks like. And I think it's because we're engaging with the word together yeah. and just like in this season. But it's been cool to see how rather than like us just like drowning in sin low key, it's been like, man, daily obedience. Like, what does this look like? Mm. And then the next piece of it is accountability. So I will share a story and I've and I this story low key gets me really hyped and it's <laughs> super exposing of myself. But to God be the glory. Um, so. Again, very early on in our friendship, I would say like a couple weeks in, we were talking about something about obedience and um, 
I don't even remember. Maybe like the context of like relationships yeah. and like sexual purity and whatever. Check out her last podcast if you haven't yet. <laughs> and out of nowhere, I got like super convicted about this guy that I had like in the past talked to and he would like come home from college and we always would like hang out or start talking again. And it was just not a good thing for me because my parents might be listening. So it was just not, it was not a fruitful relationship. I will say that. And so, and it was like two, two, three years of like this constant, like, I don't know what you want to call it. it again, it was not fruitful. And so I just had this moment cause I knew summertime was coming. I knew he'd be coming home. I knew he would end up in my DMS or Snapchatting me or texting me or calling me or whatever. And I told Elise, I was like, okay, there's this guy. Here's what our history has looked like. I do not want to engage with this again. Like I'm really convicted about it. So I need to tell you. And she was like, okay, well, what does obedience look like right now? What do you need to do? And I was like, I think I need to have a conversation with him and then block him on everything. And she was like, okay, let's do it right now. <laughs> and so literally in real time, I like pulled out my phone. I blocked him on everything. Later that night I texted him. And I just said, Hey, like, I know you're coming home. I just want to let you know, like, this is not fruitful. This has not pushed me to be obedient and to look more like Christ. I am asking that you don't contact me, you know, like from here on out. And it was a huge shift in my, it's something that was so small, but I realized the importance and the effective effectiveness of like one, just being vulnerable with our sin, like mm -hmm. just good. being able to be like, hi friend, here's a sin that I'm struggling with. Yeah. Cause that's what it was. It was like super sinful. Right. So for me very early on to just be very vulnerable of like, Hey, here's this sin that I'm struggling with. And then boom, but like, I want to be obedient. Right. So I was like, at least I need help with this. And then very practical, like, what does it look like to be obedient? I need to block him and have this conversation. Yeah. And then I did it. And then too, we've had like check-ins every couple of weeks. Like Elise will be like, Hey, have you talked to him yet? Or have you whatever? And I'm like, no, I promise. Like I've like shown her my messages on with him of like, Hey, look, I literally have not contacted him since this date. Mm -hmm. There's been like some days where I've come very close. Yeah. I was about to say, you even had moments where you're like, I really want to reach out to him. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, what are we going to do about yeah. it? And so just like, just creating that open space to like share our sin with each other push each other to obedience and then also hold each other accountable has been one of the most like effective ways in my life of producing fruit and this happens on like very big things like yeah. this boy that I don't need to engage with but also like it's a kind of a joke in our friendship now but like road rage like yeah. <laughs> how many times have we been in traffic together or like on Marco Polo or on the phone where one person will like act out in road rage and the other person will be like okay that was sinful. Like, what do you need to do about that? You know? And we just have this moment yeah. of like, you're right. You know, that was not a wise thing for me to say or a wise thing for me to do. Um, yeah. It's crazy because I think as we engage with the word, like that's the crazy thing is we, we like hardcore, like went into studying scripture. I mean, we, we go ham on scripture and Leah showed me this really cool Bible study method. It's called the soap study and it's scripture, observation, application, and then prayer. And so I started really slowing down with how much of the word I was like intaking at a time. And it's just allowed me to glean like so many principles from scripture. And then I always have this like application piece too, um, which you would think like, duh, that's what you should do with the Bible. But okay, here we are. Um, and so it's cool because like, even in the road rage situation, we were reading Luke six at some point and it was talking about loving your enemies. And we started asking this question of like, okay, who is, who yeah. actually is our enemy? It was like, is it people that we think are evil? Is it people that we're mad at for for thirty seconds? Is it people from our past? Who, like, who is who actually is our enemy? And the Lord starts showing us, like, hey, the, these 
people that are your enemies are people that are like causing you to sin against them in real time. Yeah. So maybe that is a driver that yeah. like swerves in your lane and you flip them the bird and you're like, nah, cause that happens <laughs> like straight up. Yeah. And it's like, wow, it's a little bit humbling when you realize, okay, so that's my, that's my enemy that I need to confess and like be better next time. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's like my coworker that I usually love, but today they're just making me really angry and they're my enemy today. Yeah. And I need to like confess that. And you know, that's that accountability. Like I'm able to share that with people like Leah who is able to be like, all right, so what does it look like to love your enemy today? That's a practical question that in a friendship, I think we have to be asking each other is like, as we're learning from the word of God, is it actually informing our lives? And are you inviting others to help it do that? Yeah. And that's intense. Yeah. So catch us doing an episode on engaging with scripture alone because we can <laughs> obviously go off on this. But I think I think podcasters say to our listeners, um, but if you're listening to this and you're like reflecting on your friendships, which is our goal in this episode specifically, like we want mm-hmm. you to walk away from this reflecting on your friendships that you are currently engaging with, but not to get discouraged and not to be like, man, I need to literally delete all my friends and just restart. These are things that you can start. And we'll obviously we have one more thing. And these are like things that I guess I should say this at the end when we sum this up, but I'm thinking about specifically Mm -hmm. like with this stuff, with Jesus and the word and, you know, inviting Jesus in on friendships and making this a big part of friendships. These are things that you can start doing now. So if you're like, man, me and my best friend, we're like 10 out of 10 but we don't engage with this word together or we don't really push each other towards obedience. And in fact, we might even do the opposite. I don't want you to walk away from this podcast being like, man, I need to get rid of them. And I need to find like, (laughs) I need to find a friendship like Leah and Elise. But what I do want you to do is reflect on your friendship and be like, man, there's so much space in our friendship to invite Jesus in on and to be excited about the fruit that you can produce. I'm thinking about like people in my life who I've like prayed this for and pray this over. And so a couple of like practical things, because I love, I love getting practical, but like, dude, engage in his word together. And whether that's like, it might not be practical for you guys to read the Bible every day together. Elise and I try to read like three or four times a week yeah, because it fits into our schedule of like working out and then going to the Starbucks and reading together. But I recognize that that's probably something really rare, right? So a lot of you who are listening might be like moms that have kids and it's really hard for you to find that. You know, I would encourage you to find like what does work for you and your friend. So whether Mm -hmm. that's like reading something on your own as two individuals and just doing like daily texts of like, hey, here's what I read. Here's my takeaway. Hope you have a good day. Um, Marco Polo is a huge tool that I use with like all my people, but especially with Elise when we're not able to, whether it's like I'm out of town or we just like wake up late and we don't get to do our morning routine. Marco Polo is an app where you can um, essentially do texting, but it's like through video and audio and it's the best app. It's like, (laughs) I do pay a lot of money for it. I'm a big, big, big advocate for Marco Polo, but hop on Marco Polo in the morning while you're getting ready and just saying like, Hey, this is what I read this morning in my quiet time before work. It was really cool. Here's a question I want to like have a conversation about and just communicate back and forth. Um, Or maybe it's like a weekly thing. Like moms, maybe it's like, Hey, every Tuesday night, me and you get together at Starbucks after our kids go to bed and just do like a weekly catch up of here. Yeah. what the Lord has done in my life. Find something that works for you and your friend or you and your friends and make it a healthy rhythm and habit that you guys do regularly. Yeah. So like make it a weekly thing, make it a daily thing where this is now being a part of your friendship and also get honest. Like I think Come that's, on now. I think that's the biggest thing. It is a 
okay, I don't know if this is like too harsh, but I'm going to say it. It is a waste of your time to engage in community yes. if you're not going to be honest. Yes. Because what happens is like, okay, cool. You guys get together at Starbucks once a week. Okay, cool. You talk about what you're reading. But if you're not actually being honest about where you're at with the Lord or what sin you're struggling with, you're walking away the exact same. Yeah. And that is not effective. Or worse because you're lying about it. Yeah. Or faking it. Yeah. And so like, I just think that that's, that's really important in this as you talk about like each other pushing each other to Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's really hard to do if I don't actually know where you're at. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this week was like a very vulnerable moment where I was like, I have not read my Bible since Monday, you know? And so that wouldn't have been a thing had I not been like open and honest with like this or my sin. Like it's one thing for me to be like, no, you know, it's cool. I'm doing great. It's It's another thing to be like, no, I'm really struggling with X, Y, and Z and I need you to push me to it, you know? So yeah, I think questions like questions are good too. The application piece is so essential for me. And I share what I'm applying from the word to, I share it with Leah. Yeah. So she's able to be like, Hey, this morning you were learning about, I don't know what it looks like to love your enemies. Like who's your enemy? Who, who have you identified what does that as look your like enemy? Today? Yeah. yeah. Or like the key question we always go back to is what does obedience look like for you today? And it's crazy. The fruit that's been produced in my life because of that question. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to do by the way. So, all right. Last one. Go for it. Last girl. one. Best one. That's it. Okay. The last one is the, this idea of like holistic friendship. And we've talked about this a little bit more recently, just like, man, it's really fun when you're like dancing at a karaoke bar and at the beach together and swimming in the waves. And it's not as fun when you're crying on the couch at three in the morning, but there is such a beauty in like, in that level of commitment Um, especially when it's with God, (laughs) like in a friendship that's that committed with the Lord. Um, and that's the last part is just like being willing to commit to the highs as well as the lows. Um, this is something that's actually kind of difficult for me Yeah, because I hate pain (laughs) and I like really run from it. I'm definitely an Enneagram seven. Um, so it's, it's actually really difficult for me, but I found that like with people that are like Leah, you know, in my close circle, you know who you are. <laughs> um, it's, it's actually so rewarding to like engage in the painful parts too. Um, and that's something that I've like learned recently with Leah is like, it's so good to sit in the, in the ashes. And that's such a biblical concept too. Like this concept of lamb lamenting and even there's even a book in the Bible called lamentations. Um, but there's such a concept of like mourn with those who mourn, like sit with those who are, who are also sitting in, in the ashes. Yeah. Um, and I know you thought you were like talking about the story of Job and how impactful it was that his friends, like they, at first they came, they were like talking to him and like telling him what to do. And then like a couple of them just decided to like sit with him and like be in it with him. And I think that like that produces so much fruit um, and lon- longevity, I think that's how you say that word. Yeah. And also it gives an, it gives access to like speaking into, to my life or to your life because you have like invested in sitting in the ashes with me as well. Yeah. yeah I had this moment, I think it was last Saturday actually, um, where like Elise had had just like a hard night, heavy night of like anxiety and just processing some fears. 
And for whatever reason, we had like both woken up, woken up, waking up, woke. We both woke up. There it is. <laughs> um, we both had, we both <laughs> English. We both woke up at like 530 in the morning on a Saturday. On a Saturday, my people. And what? yeah, her husband, John was gone and she had just texted me and was like, Hey, I'm really anxious. Here are some things I'm processing. And I'm like thankful that I was awake. And so I was like, What's Hey, can Spirit? I just, yeah. I was like, can I just come sit on your couch and process, talk, nap, watch TV, like whatever you need. Can I just come be with you in this? And so she was like, yeah. So I came over and like sat on the couch with her from like six to eight. And we just sat in silence for some minutes. We sat and processed, we sat and cried. And I remember like feeling super thankful in that moment. And I couldn't like put words to why I felt that way. And I got in the car and like two minutes and I just started crying, which I don't, I don't do a lot. Well, we're getting a little, we're getting there. Elise is currently actually crying. (laughs) There's tears in her eyes as we speak. And that is not a joke. Um, And so I Marco pulled her and I was like, okay, I think I have words to like how you feel. And I was like, I'm very thankful that we are as equally committed to the highs in each other's life that then we are in the lows, mm-hmm. meaning like just as excited I am to like go on these crazy fun mm-hmm. beach trips with you and pool days and just as excited I am about these really highs in our lives. I am just literally just as excited and eager to sit with you in the mm-hmm. early morning, Saturday mornings, anxiety, fear, tears, like, and that is very honest. Like that is not me just trying to be like this really mm-hmm. good friend. That's so genuine. And I feel the same for her. Like, and she said it even last night, like she, cause I kind of got weird last night of like, eh, I had a really bad day. I don't want to like ruin your night. And she very quickly put it back on me of like, hello, <laughs> let's not forget what she said. And so that's something that I've been like really processing over the past couple of weeks. And there's not a lot of words to talk about this. It's just this fact of like, there are people in your lives that are probably just present for the fun times and just the high times. But I would encourage you to find your people and then be committed to sitting in the lows with each other. Something Elise mentioned was the story of Job, which you should go read it. But every, I mean, a lot of people know the story of Job, right? He got his life like literally wrecked in a couple of chapters, like verse, you know, the first couple of chapters of Job are him just getting like his wife taken away. Like his wife died, all of his kids died, all of his property, everything just gets taken away from him. And he is in the worst spot of his life. And it says that his friends literally just meet him where he's at so much so that like they even took off their robes and like threw dirt in it because they wanted to like sit with him and they cried with him for seven days for seven days they cried with him and they just Mm -hmm. sat there and I think about like how uncomfortable does that make some people like the idea of just like meeting you in your pain and just sitting there and so I think that's something that we would challenge people listening is like with your friends be just as excited and eager and willing to sit with them in their lows in their yeah. hard days in their fear, like fearful days and their really heavy anxiety days. Cause it's easy to just be like deuces, call me when you're like when happy you're again. <laughs> yeah. Call me when you're out, call me when you're ready to, you know, go have fun. But I would challenge you like to sit in the lows with them. Yeah. Sit with them. And yeah, I think there's, um, it's a really important concept and it's a little bit um, hard to discern sometimes because there's like, it always has to go back to God as like the ultimate provider and the yeah. ultimate like depended upon one. Um, and sometimes I think like sitting with people is pushing them to the father. Oh yeah. In that uncomfort. Um, so it's like, just like, I don't know, just being discerning as you're sitting with people. Um, I've been, where I've like 
super dependent on people over yeah. God. Um, and it's cool because like Leah and I have even talked about that. Like, hey, I need to be honest with you. And I'm like being emotionally dependent. And whether that's on John, like my husband as well, that's like something I have to check too. Um, or on her or like other people. But that's a part of it is like, that's also a low, like yeah. me, me admitting to you, like, Hey, I actually need to take this up with G. Yeah. <laughs> we call it to God G sometimes. Um, all the time. All the time. And so it, part, that's part of this, like willing to sit in the lows appropriately with people. Um, and sometimes that's really messy Yeah, and sometimes it needs to be really messy. And I think that's what the church is. Like, that's what community is, is like, you know what? I'm going to walk with you in this very ugly thing that no one else knows about. And I'm going to encourage you to dig in and I'm going to encourage you back to the word of God and give you tools to like get out of it. Yeah. Um, and, and if that's not now, like I'll sit with you in it, you know, um, it's just a hard thing to do and a hard thing to find too. Yeah. Something. And then I think we can kind of like close on <laughs> this, but something that Elisa and I ask a lot and this happened kind of like a month ago, we kind of formed these questions of what's helpful to ask. And we kind of asked the question of, do you need me to sit with you? Do you need me to push or do you need to pull? Yeah. And so it's this question of like, what do you need right now? Do you need me to push you to like get up, to go face your fears, to go do things and like be productive in this? Do you need to pull me? Like, do you need to let me in or do you want me to just sit with you? Yeah. And I think there's so much beauty in that because sometimes I need to be pushed. Like sometimes mm -hmm. like when I'm having like a, just a week where I'm really struggling with depression, I need someone to come in and push me and be like, okay, we need to get out there. Let's go. Let's go to the gym. Let's, you know, let's tackle some of your to-do list. There's other times where I need to pull. Like I need to push myself to like open up and to let you in. There's also times that I just need you to sit with me. Yeah. And there's a, a cool time a couple weeks ago where I felt super under like actually heavy spiritual attack. And I was like, dude, I don't know what just happened to me. I started panicking. I felt like super anxious about something going on. And we were in the car and Elise just like, slowly started playing like a worship song that I super love and she just grabbed my hand and just started praying over me and I think that that's such a cool tangible way to meet me in the low of like hey I'm gonna sit here in this with you but I'm gonna invite Jesus in and we're mm. just gonna like sit in his presence for a couple minutes and we did we listened to worship music she prayed over me and within a few minutes I was able to like get my breath back and um, it was just a really cool moment of like, this is what it looks like to being committed to like sitting with each other in the low, mm -hmm. but then also like pushing each other towards Jesus and inviting Jesus in on those moments. Mm -hmm. So I'm very thankful. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just, it's cool. And we don't have it all figured out. Obviously super learning. We, we joke that we fight every week. <laughs> I don't like that joke. <laughs> Is that you? Do I need to Do tell? We, are we? Uh, I can. I, I can stop I, saying it. I mean, we'll talk offline. We'll talk offline. <laughs> Stay tuned if she likes that joke. <laughs> um, but for real, it's just like I don't know if you have thoughts about it too. We'd love to hear like what's been successful in friendships. Um, obviously, it all goes back to like Jesus at the center, and that's something that we have to like super fight for too. Um, so I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, that's fine. And we will. Thank you, Leah, for being here. No problem. What a babe. Get uncomfy, um, guys. Get uncomfy. Stay challenged. Stay, stay bright. bright. <laughs>